While in Rome, I tracked down Danielle, a classics graduate and part-time archaeologist, who spends a day with us in the ruins of the Imperial Forum. Danielle has lived in Rome for many years and has an answer for every question Joe and I can throw at her. Even better, she has access to the lower levels of the Colosseum, where gladiators, slaves and wild animals were once kept. The three of us have the dank, subterranean space, all to ourselves. Joe points to a row of cylindrical grooves carved into the concrete floor. What were those holes for? he asks. They were the slots that once held a series of pole winches, Danielle explains, that were turned by slaves to operate an elevator platform. The Romans had elevators? Joe asks incredulously. It was very dramatic. The animals and gladiators would be hoisted up from this basement onto the floor of the arena. And then they'd die? Actually, Danielle says, some gladiators had it pretty good. Better than you'd think from the movies. She tells us that the best gladiators were prized athletes and celebrities who lived very comfortably and ate well between bouts. The popular ones seldom got killed since their opponents were mostly captured enemy soldiers who were meant to lose. Danielle leads us through the basement to a damp little cell that once held these soldier slaves and the cruelty of everyday life in the Roman world is suddenly apparent to me. So you'd be a farmer living somewhere on the periphery of the empire and you'd join a rebellion which would be easily crushed by the legions. You'd be carted to Rome in a cage and then they'd dump you in this tiny cell here. After God knows how long, they'd give you a short sword and a wooden shield, push you onto the elevator and winch you up to the stadium floor where you'd see 60,000 Romans screaming for your death. Someone lops off your arm and runs a sword through you, and you bleed to death in the sawdust. Is that how it would go? Something like that, yes. Who was it that ended blood sport in the Colosseum? I ask. It was Constantine, she says. Constantine was ready to give thanks and praise to the Christian God for his victory at the Milvian Bridge, but his personal adoption of the faith was very much a work in progress. It wasn't a complete and sudden Damascene conversion. Constantine was a political creature, and he took care to honour the pagan gods that most of his subjects still revered. His victory monuments sent mixed signals to the people of Rome. The Arch of Constantine, built to commemorate his victory, is Rome's largest triumphal arch. There's that fondness for bigness again. But for an emperor who had credited the Christian God for his victory, the arch is remarkably free of specific Christian references. There are, however, plenty of images of pagan gods, particularly of the sun god Apollo. The Colossus of Constantine, the same statue Joe and I saw in the courtyard of the Capitoline Museum, was constructed and housed in a basilica commissioned by Maxentius that Constantine took over and transformed into a monument to himself. The marble colossus was something not seen by Romans since Nero's time. Previous emperors had been content to have their likenesses represented by more or less life-sized statues. Constantine wanted himself recreated as a supernaturally large 12-metre giant, seated on a marble throne, godlike, unknowable, seeing things beyond the mortal plane. By way of example, the seated figure of Abraham Lincoln within the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. is just over five and a half metres high, 
less than half the height of the Colossus of Constantine. On the pedestal of the Colossus was an inscription that boasted of how he had saved Rome with the power of the Cairo. Through this sign of salvation, which is the true symbol of goodness, I rescued your city and freed it from the tyrant's yoke. Constantine never did let go of his attachment to the cult of the sun god, but his gratitude to the god of the Christians was sincere. It does seem he genuinely came to believe that the Christian god had promised him an unlikely victory and then delivered it. The question was, how would he transform...